What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Say yes to spirit. Encouraging you on your spiritual path with Tracy and Leslie. And you didn't say welcome. You always say welcome. There's certain things we have to do in the exact same order every time for me to feel comfortable. Can you go back and say welcome? You are sick. And yeah. in honor of our thing today, and I love you. Oh, thank you. You know, other people have those kind of thoughts, so they don't say them out loud. I think it's a sign of health that I say them out loud. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. okay. So let's get a camera in here so let's see if you can see Tracy's yeah. love uh-huh. for me. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. Exactly. You can say welcome. Thank you. That's all. That's a little bit yeah, um, so if you've never listened to Say Yes to Spirit until today, you are getting an immediate introduction <laughs> to the two personalities. Like, I would well, hardly ever do anything the same way twice, but I do try, because on the rare occasion that I forget to do it exactly the same way, Leslie will be sure to notice. Well, I'm just trying to be helpful. You know? Yes. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah so welcome to... <laughs> Hold on, hold on, let me start over. Thank you. And welcome. (laughs) This is Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Yes, you know, I feel better. I'm ready now. Okay, so every week we have a theme, and this week our theme, well, this month our theme is love. It's February when we are doing this, and February is the month of love. Um, and every week we are looking at a different aspect or a different um, angle or a different quality quality of or characteristic of love. Mm, so last week we talked about agape love, love for all all creation, uh, both human and non-human, just love for people and for life itself. This week we will be talking about Eros love or romantic love, um, and next week we'll be talking about philia or love with friends and family and people we interact with. And the last week of the month, the last Saturday of the month, we will be focusing on self-love. And I am so looking forward to that. But today... (laughs) Today it is about Eros love or love and romance and relationships, which is appropriate because Valentine's Day is only three days, or four days away. Boy, three or four, depending on how you count it. They've only had the Valentine's things out in the stores for two months, so I'm so yeah, excited only. to see that be gone here in about a week, maybe. Yeah, I was in the store the Halloween out or yesterday, no, day before yesterday. And they already had the Valentine's stuff on sale. <laughs> and they had the St. Patrick's, the Mardi Gras and the St. Patrick's oh. Day. And they were doing beginning an aisle for Easter. Gosh. what? There's got to be a show around that, like living in the future. <laughs> or, you know, how as a society we are programmed to be two months ahead of ourselves. We can't really just, no you know. No wonder we can't. We find it so hard to be present, present now. Now. Oh, yes, that's it, March 1. Be present now as a topic. Okay. So, so Valentine's. No, no, so connect the dots. Connect the dots. <gasps> Look, Tracy pointed out that I was going outside of our routine. Oh, I feel so proud of you. Yes, we connect so the dots. So what's connect the dots? If someone's listening for the first time. Connect the dots is where we take the topic from last week and we connect the dots to the topic this week as some sort of bridge to sort of re-anchor what we talked about last week for those people who listen every week. It's kind of interesting to reconnect with the concept of last week and bring us into a springboard into the 
concepts that we'll be discussing this week. That sounded very professorial, doesn't it? Yeah, but the only reason we do it is because <laughs> it helps Leslie remember what we talked about, and she likes to do it. So that's the real reason we do it. But all that she said, yeah, it sounds really good. I'm not feeling the agape love from Tracy Brown. Yes, and no, the agape love, the love of all things, all people. And I had an email from a friend of mine that talked about, you know, her challenges with coworkers and the agape love and the idea that, um, you know, in, in theory, our romantic partner would be included in agape love. And there certainly can be challenges. I can think back to years ago when I had a relationship. Wait, wait, wait. I can get there. Oh, yes. I remember there were <laughs> challenges, even in romantic love. And how do we handle those challenges, you know, in many ways that we talked about last week with agape love and, and being love and expressing the love that's within all of us. I think that is probably even more challenging sometimes in our primary significant other relationships, even though it seems like it shouldn't be, but that's my theory going in, that it uh, is equally as difficult, if not more, sometimes to show our our beloved love than it is to show our coworkers or our people on the street love. Well, that's an interesting mm. hypothesis, a very interesting hypothesis, and uh, after this break, we'll come back and talk about it. on your spiritual path, and today our theme is love, attracting a joyous love, am I ready for love, and on the um, show intro, we wrote, Valentine's Day is coming up, how are saying yes to spirit and Valentine's Day connected? Hmm. That's so funny, I would never... They're not connected. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know how they're connected necessarily, specifically. Specifically. Do you have an idea, Tracy? No, it just sounded like a good question to ask <laughs> at the time. I like it. Yes, it's true. See, I is guess. It, isn't Valentine's Day named after St. Valentine? Wasn't St. Valentine the. You I know, mean, it wasn't named after Cupid. It's not called Cupid's Day. Right, right. You know, I, I just saw this story on a movie. That's how I get all my current facts in terms of what things are is Valentine's Day and how it started. It seems like it was by a man named Valentine, and there was some sort of oppressive something going on in the world, and he was able to get out a letter to his beloved and before he died or something dramatic. And he signed it, your all Valentine. my lo- love, your Valentine, yes. Does that ring a bell? Did you see the same movie? Uh, <laughs> no, I, but but uh, I figured that Madam Google would be able to answer this question 
the history of Valentine's Day and the story of its patron saint yes. is shrouded in mystery. Ooh. Not according to this movie. <laughs> uh, who was St. Valentine, and how did he become associated with this ancient rite? The Catholic Church recognizes at least three Good different heaven. saints named Valentine or Valentina, all of whom were martyrs. So uh, one legend says that Valentine was a priest, blah, 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 when the emperor decided that single men made better soldiers than those with wives and families, he outlawed marriage for young men. Valentine, realizing the injustice of that decree, defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret, and then he was ordered put to death. Good heavens. Then other stories suggest that, okay, well, let's skip all of that and see how, how it gets. According to one legend, an imprisoned Valentine actually sent the first Valentine yes. greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl, possibly his jailer's daughter. Oh, there you ooh, go. There <laughs> you go. Who visited him during his confinement. Before his death, it's Good alleged heaven. that he wrote her a letter signed from your Valentine, an expression that is still in use today. But Wait. none of this is confirmed. It's all legend, blah, 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 blah. Can you explain to me why someone has to be put to a horrific death to be a saint? Is that part of the deal? That you have to have some really bad thing happen to be honored in the saint tradition? Well, you have to be dead. You have to be dead before you can be a saint? You can't be a saint while you're still alive? You can't be christened a saint? Mm. Name a saint? Mm. Saint you have to be dead. Before you can be a saint? Do you have to die a horrible death? No. Oh, well, that's good. Okay. But it does seem like that is a pattern. It does seem like that's a pattern. It's not like, the, uh, you know, in England, the queen can crown you a knight. Oh, a knight. Right, right, right. Or... Are there any female knights? I mean, none of this has anything to do with love, but isn't it interesting? It is how very interesting. One thing takes you to another. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So those two poor Valentines had horrible deaths. And I wonder if, you know, in times of tragedy, like I think about after 9-11, uh-huh. how you saw everyone was so much more in love with everyone else. Uh-huh. And, you know, yeah. everybody had such a a warmer feeling, and so... Perhaps, you know, being imprisoned or having these horrible uh, rules put in your land, then that somehow brings out this natural... Well, usually with the, with the saints, it's, they defied something and then they, you know, mm. they fought against were a it hero or, or they rebelled or something like that. Or they saved a lot of people or... You know. And they did that out of some inner drive of something, I guess, within them. Yeah. But you know the the comment about after nine eleven that uh, we neither one of us thought of it last week with agape love, but that was a perfect example mm-hmm. that after after the terrorist attacks um, on September eleventh, um, eleven ten and a half years ago, that there was this going around of people really wanting to be of service, really wanting to demonstrate that they had compassion. And love, that answering the question, what would love do? Right. That's how people were living for 43 days, I think. Well, yeah, I was going to say for you know, six months, maybe six months, eight okay. months, nine months. It was longer than the uh-huh. euphoria that goes around Christmas, uh-huh. you know, that True last that. Yeah. Just a few weeks. Um, at, and then that, you know, that that's that connection. This week when we started talking about one-on-one relationships and romance, and, you know, I think we have so much, I can't think of a word that's not profanity. Um, Oh, dear. We have so much screwed up um, (laughs) angst. Uh, Well, I'm going to change what I was going to say. We have so much angst and so many misconceptions about what it means to be quote unquote in love oh. and to be loving and to uh, and even what is the we have conflicts about what's the purpose of having that 
primary relationship, you know, and if it's from a romantic, you know, um, point of view, then what do you do? How do you show love beyond that? Because what if the romance isn't there? What if that initial chemistry isn't there? Uh, is that then when you resort or to agape love? Within the primary relationship? You can go have sex with other people? Was that the next thing you were going to say? No, I wasn't <laughs> thinking that at all. Okay. Well, I thought you said the that romantic way. part had ended. Well, romance and sex <laughs> are two different things in my mind. Oh, They're golly. related. Golly. Okay. They're related. <laughs> They're related. You okay. But uh, so if you have um, um, a sexual relationship, a love relationship, which is what we're going to try to stay focused on today, even though all the aspects of love, you know, may come up. Um, You know, what is that attraction? I mean, there's chemistry, there's psychology, there's, you know, the physical is what you see, it's how you feel that makes that connection. And in the context of say yes to spirit, you know, it's like do, do you... Think about your commit. Do people in general think about their commitment to spirit, to God, when they are in lust? In that initial phase. Right. When you first meet someone and you have that attraction, whatever it is, it's like I, when I think about people I know, much of the time. Yes. They may be really grounded in their religion or in their spiritual practice or in their faith, and then they meet somebody and they go, they're head over heels in love with that person or in lust with that person, and all of a sudden they're not doing the same thing. They're not doing their spiritual practice. They are, you know, trying, they're making adjustments to their schedule. So, oh, well, this person, you know, doesn't want to go to my church, so I won't go to my church, I'll go to their church, or I won't go at all. Or, I mean, all kinds of shifts happen. And I don't, I'm not even labeling the shifts as bad. I just think it's amazing that you can be so grounded or so engaged one week, and then, you know, I see you, I don't see you for six months, and then I see you, and it's like, oh yeah, well, I met this person. Yeah, that is uh, that is just really interesting. You should bring that up. About four years ago, I had been to the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas for about two years, and I had been very active, and I had gone to classes and done all sorts of fabulous things, and really invested in it, maybe about a year and a half. And then I met a new beloved, and she worked a uh, ICU nurse, and the only day she had off full day was Sunday. So I did the natural thing and stopped going to church. I dropped out of classes and became You know, actually, and a year and a half I'm later, not, I didn't know that, but I wasn't thinking of that when I was yeah, doing that example. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that. Agape love, agape love. Yeah. So for a year and a half, I went away from all things spiritual, except for that, you know, primary relationship, which is so, you know, profoundly. Um, you know, metaphoric in terms of then I came back to the church, right? When that didn't work out, then, you know, then I'm like, oh, gosh, I guess I have to go be with God now. And so how do I find the balance? I often say that, you know, the balance of keeping. And if you don't find a beloved that's in the same church or in the same faith, I mean, there's all sorts of, I think, um, I'm not going to challenge this too strong a word, but, you know, there's pull, there's something organic that comes it's intoxicating beyond my ability to control myself <laughs> in that initial phase but mm-hmm. I don't know that that uh, is always the case perhaps perhaps there's other healthier people that can keep the balance I think it's so hard for I mean even when we when I think of couples who are active in our current spiritual center you know, I think it may be easier that they're practicing the same faith. Um, when I think about not just in our center, but, you know, other churches and other centers that I've been involved in, there is something that 
you become that becomes your habit. You go to church together, or you go to meditation together, or you you know that right. that, and you don't have to explain quite as much most of the time. Right. Um, but that's really interesting to to think even then, just because they they are two different people, they still may have different practices, different. Right. One of them I really really like the things that are quiet and introspective like meditation and visioning and the today service. And the other one may really prefer, you know, celebration Sundays and the taiko drummers and, you know, things yeah. that are really engaging. And um, and so that, that still brings up that question of you're still two different people. And so how does your connection with God. I even, how does your connection with God play into that? Bringing you together, keeping you together. And I think I have learned for myself that I want the next time to to be with someone who can share that part of my life fully. It's interesting, this particular woman went on and became an atheist. Is that when you just don't believe in anything, dust to dust? An atheist always gets confused. That you don't believe there is a God. You don't believe there is a God. And I'm thinking, wow, thank goodness we got, you know, so that would have been way too extreme of a difference in philosophy, I think, for me to really have as a primary relationship, certainly as a friendship, I can embrace that. But I do think that is one thing that I have considered, that I want to find someone that shares my, you know, my, my devotion to my devotion, because I do mm-hmm. think I'm fairly somewhat perhaps still a little <laughs> codependent. And if they don't, I might be, you know, pulled away. And I don't want to be pulled away. So I think that's the that's the, that's the answer, right? Find someone who's equally or, you know, invested in a similar kind of philosophy or religion as I am. Right. As, as in um, most Christian denominations, that phrase of equally yoked. Yes, yes. Equally yoked. Um in order for, that that is one of the things that you should consider, look for, and and set a standard for, mm-hmm. so that you don't have that conflict. When I think back, um, so a lifetime ago, when I was married, um, we actually had very similar, not exactly the same. We had different uh-huh. backgrounds growing up, but we shared a similar. Um, Believe that you know there was God, there was a Creator, but we were neither one of us at that stage had any desire to be fully engaged in a church community. Okay, and we both had a lot of interest in some of the Eastern and Asian philosophies. So our practices were different. I really loved meditation and um, and. So our practices were different, but we were similar. So there was no conflict about, well, you need. I'm going to church every Sunday, and you need to, go, you know, mm-hmm. go with me. Um, so that worked actually from a faith perspective pretty well. Um, and then I think of other relationships. One did not. One of the reasons I think it did not last was because. Um, because actually he was really engaged in a church which I didn't mind, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I couldn't participate in their particular theology. Oh, you know, original sin, and oh. I, I couldn't do that. I was happy for him to do it mm-hmm. because it seemed to feed him. Um, but, but of course, then he also wasn't living the faith, so he was one of the people who was <laughs> doing hard, yeah. going on Sunday, but you know. After a year or so, I actually learned things about him that were totally not within the Ten Commandments. Not the Spirit. <laughs> totally not oh. anywhere close to the Good Ten Commandments. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this is over. This is done. And then the the, the really long term relationship that I had that was interesting because we were very different. And 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 he was actually challenged by my more um, 
this connection of God within and that all paths lead to God. It's a real challenge. But what allowed us to stay in relationship for nine years was we could talk about it. I see. Yeah, it wasn't. And neither one of us was trying to force the other yeah. to change. And we could have conversations about it. And um, and I didn't, I think that was the big thing. So if you're in a relation with someone, in fact, last, two Sundays ago, I was in a conversation with three or four people, and um, one of them is um, has been in a relationship for 20 years with someone who wow. has similar new thought perspectives, but but more, but but still very different. Okay. Um, and the other one is in a relationship and, you know, and is trying to learn to navigate that. So they were having this conversation about, like, you know, the question was, well, how have you stayed together for 20 years and, you know, and you, you come from different places? Because uh-huh. your know, faith is so important. Your, you know, spiritual actions and beliefs are so critical to who you are. And the, and the response was, you know, we talk about it, and we, we talk, talk about, about it. every right. week. We share what happened. I share what happened at my church, and the other person shares what happened at their oh, church. Oh, they go to different churches, and they talk about, and they both are in leaders leadership roles wow. in their different churches, and so they talk about like what was the message for today, and and you know what happened, and what does it mean that you're this kind of leader, and what's the responsibility, and because they talk about it. And they're not like A and Z in the terms of the philosophy. Um, it, 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 the comment was that that's why. You know, if we didn't talk about it for six months and maybe, you know, our senior minister gave a message and it really kind of shifted me and I didn't go home and talk about it and then I started changing the way I am. Oh, right. That's a, you know... A, a definite path to disaster for the relationship, which is probably true about anything else. I was going to say that kind of makes sense in terms of just in general the communication of what happened at work, what happened if you go to different churches, you know, what your experience was each day, to not like you said shift too much without the other one knowing. Yeah, come along with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So do you have a preference of uh, your your mate? Being in um, the same philosophy, I really had never had a preference for that until mm. until the last year, and I think a big reason for that is that now I'm a licensed practitioner. Yes, it's it's a responsibility that I have different responsibilities, and I can't imagine being with someone who doesn't. Um, understand that. So I'm I'm not definite. They don't have to be in the same faith practice, uh-huh. but I can't imagine being in a committed relationship with someone who doesn't have that a similar level of commitment to their own practices. Right. Okay. So, you know, if, if I were to get involved with and become, be in a relationship with someone who's Jewish, Right. Then they'd have to be a rabbi. Can rabbi? No, they'd have to be. A, <laughs> but they'd have to be practicing, or they'd have to be doing things that were constantly enriching, right? And incorporating their faith into the way that they lived. I I can't imagine that. Now I could meet someone who's absolutely wonderful if they could understand what I do and why I do it, and that this is really critical to who I am, and it right. really is a part of my lifestyle. Right. So when you think about how much, how many days a week I'm at our spiritual center or I'm teaching a class or I'm doing a webinar or something that's spirit-related or Saturday morning I'm doing the radio show, it's not that none of that could change at all, but I don't want it to shift or change because someone is like, well, you spend too much time on your faith or on, like, um, <laughs> goes with the territory. That's who right. I am. Right. So if they, so ideally, ideally, yes, they would be in Science of Mind or maybe Unity 
and um, be of like mind from a spiritual practice right, point of view. And ideally to start in that way, because it's so interesting, having done some couples counseling over the course of the last 20 years, it really is true that lots of people come to couples counseling and they'll say, well, he or she is blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, well, was he or she like this before you married or before you got to start dating? Well, yeah, but I thought they'd change. Or I thought I could change. You know, they would literally say that. I'm like, wow, that's really intense. And I don't know. Good news is I don't think I ever thought I would change, Stacey. I knew she was who she was going in, so I was willing to change. Really, that was okay with me. But, uh, you know, it's really curious. I think a lot of people go in thinking, well, he's not going to church with me now, but, but that's right. That's will. now I'll get the kids going to church, and then he'll come along or something. And, well, and now I've raised not. the kids, and my kids have grown, and guess what? It's been 20 years, and he's still not going to church, church with me. Uh-huh. But now it's important because yeah. now I don't have my kids, and right. now it's just me, and... Yeah, if this life stuff is really interesting. So um, in <laughs> related to that, this Thomas Merton quote, the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves oh. and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. Yes. Oh, yeah. I really have struggled with that. I can remember actually telling a therapist one time that I don't have an identity unless I can see myself through you. Ooh, poor Leslie. That was really, you know, that that's really interesting. We get in these primary relationships, these these significant others, these marriages, many times from a fractured place. Yes, and we're looking to heal that fracture or to find that other piece. And I think, you know, as a society and the movies and all of the ways we depict, um, you know, romantic love, I was so impressed. I saw, oh, what's the guy? He's got a new movie out now. He's a he was a rapper. He's a and now he's an actor. He's a young, good-looking. Well, he's probably thirty-five, forty now. Oh, come on, Tracy. Is this movie begins with a C out right now. Anyway, he was very much of a hip-hop kind of guy and very much of a, you know, beautiful body man. And um, he was on Pierce Morgan the other night, and he said his wife has problems when he does uh, love scenes. And he made the comment, he said, we've been married 17 years. And he said, you know, I don't blame her for that because that kind of hot love is just not... It just doesn't last. You know, we now have a different kind of uh, romance, and I respect her, and I don't want her to be. And he was talking about it in such a healthy way that, you know, there's the reality, boys and girls. You know, 17 years later, you know, you don't have that first six-month, you know, window of, of pure um, pure lust, I guess, and to really have an expectation that the primary relationship is about that and so much more, that really it's, um, I think if we got into conversations about that, then as that that hot lust love transitions into a deeper binding, you know, bond between two people that really respect and love and have similar values and have similar ways of, you know, wanting their lives to run, you know, that becomes a richer thing instead of seeing it as, Oh, now the love is gone, or oh, now. Right. Wouldn't it be nice if we thought about it as the love actually goes deeper? Yes. Grows deeper. Yes. And um, I don't know, I guess I'm still thinking about that connection of even initially when people say, and God brought this person into my life. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I've said that, I've said that, but go ahead. <laughs> um, no. um, but what destiny. is that? Well, yeah, destiny, I guess that's the same, same thing as saying, without saying, I think God designed this. Mm-hmm. Some God outside of me dropped this person down in front of me just so I could, you know, okay, we're not going there. Um <laughs> 
I don't know. It's just actually the other thing that keeps coming up for me. There's three or four things. The other thing that keeps coming up for me is, and I I think I said it first. The reference to this primary relationship, that of you know this love relationship, this um, the beloved. But is my relationship with any human person my primary relationship? Oh, Tracy. It's my relationship with spirit, my primary relationship. Or do we want to be like in school when you're, um, when you're in primary school, it's grades one, two, and three. When we talk about the primary colors, they're red, blue, and yellow. <laughs> so are we going to say primary is not one, that, you can, that there are three relationships that work together to be your, and they're all primary? You know, I wish I had my notes from Reverend Petra's service or talk last week at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas. She had a quote from someone that talked about making love to spirit. And I thought, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Oh, the Hasid. Well, that, but it was an interesting. And so, you know, my initial reaction was, ooh, how do you do that? Ooh. But then, you know, have, how do you, to have that primary basis of my my love to be with spirit first and then have everything kind of be the offshoot of that, certainly I think that is a much more grounded place to move from and probably yeah. would make me a much healthier person to be in relationship with if I maintain that primary relationship with God first. And I think I'm just thinking about that now and not having really given it a whole lot of thought consciously. I think that is one of the uh, tests, is not the word, but one of the criteria, <laughs> no, criteria or factors no. that I think um, is important to me in this next relationship that's coming really soon. Yes, you have affirmed that on your year of receiving, I have heard you say. Uh-huh. And that my primary life-sustaining, life-giving and life-sustaining relationship is with spirit. And there is a person on earth in physical form yes. who I know has got my back, who we are mutually committed to one another, right? But it's not instead of or in place or of. in place of right. the commitment to spirit. And I don't know. I'm trying to think of people I know who seem to have that balance. And um, immediately, the, there's a couple that immediately came to mind. Uh, for several reasons, my ex-in-laws. Um, I think they would have come to mind anyway because they were married for 60 years. Wow. And, um, and, and you know, it was just really interesting. We both had a really strong commitment and a really strong relationship to God and to the Creator and to service Um and not all people who are ministers necessarily model that in in their personal partnership life. Okay. or in their personal life or in their partnership uh, or their marriage, but they actually did. They are ministers. Um, my ex father in law was a minister, ah. and my ex mother in law was a minister's daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Um, there, there were about ten ministers in that family, um, but but they also I'm I'm guessing also come to mind or at the front of my mind because just last week I learned that both of them died in 2011. Oh, wow. they both passed in 2011, five months apart. Hmm. And uh, so they're in my presence right now anyway. But I think even without that, they would have come to mind because they they really were an example of a couple who engage with one another from a very loving perspective and modeled their commitment to spirit 
in their individual lives and in how they interacted with one another. And so their their daily practice was very daily. I mean, their spiritual practice was daily. They lived it. Something in my mom and dad, they had a, you know, probably certainly would still have been married if my dad was still alive, but they were married 42 years before my dad died, and they were very matched in terms of, they were very committed to the Methodist Church, but I don't really, I didn't perceive their day-to-day spirituality, but they certainly were, you know, I would say they were spiritual people, but they didn't, I, I wouldn't say that that spiritual part was like the primary part of their day. Yeah, and I don't think with um, with my ex in laws, I don't I don't think it wasn't so much that everything was you know you had to pray or you know it wasn't it wasn't like that. But just when I think about how they interacted with each mm-hmm. other, when problems came up, how did they talk about it? Uh, what happened? You know, you don't you're not ever in a in a a relationship a significant relationship where they're you know. With no issues. I mean, oh, right. there got to be issues and challenges. But thinking back, how did they approach that? And they approached it with respect mm. and with love, and as friends, and um, and seeking the guidance of spirit. Yeah, so, that's cool. So one or the other or both of them might go and read their Bible in a conflict situation and come back mm. and talk about it. But in a day-to-day thing, having fun, I I think part of their spiritual practice was having fun, nice. celebrating just being alive. Nice, you know. But they weren't they and they were religious, but they weren't religious in the point of everything that you know comes out of their mouth. You know, had a religious tone to it or you know, blessing everything or using um, phrases that were quote-unquote religious. It really was just the way they live. Do you think if, if asked, they would say their primary relationship was with their, was with spirit, their interpretation of God, or would you say they would say each other? That's a good question. I'm pretty sure that uh, my Father-in-law would say, I don't know. And actually, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he would say his primary relationship was with God. But, you know, I don't know that. I think he might say that together, that they were equal, ah, equal, equal, that one said the other. I see. That the relationship with his wife said his and nurtured his relationship with spirit, and his relationship with spirit nurtured and fed his relationship with his wife. And um, and so I think it's really interesting. How do we weave those together? How huh? do we say yes huh? to spirit and attract and then maintain a relationship with a significant other? I don't think I want my beloved loving God more than they love me. <laughs> I must be number one. Yes, isn't that funny? That's a knee-jerk reaction. And I would never funny. say that out loud to her. But, you know, I think that is a knee-jerk reaction. And that's funny because <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. But when you said that, I was like, oh, no, I want him to love God more than me. Because if if that person really loves and understands and is guided by spirit, then they are going to treat me respectfully. They are going to show me they value me. They are going to... Um, show up in the world in a way that I can respect and be proud of. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, I want your guidance to come from God. Yeah. But but I I don't think I would have thought of that until you said it the other way. Like, no, I don't want them to love me more than God because then they're going to do some stupid stuff. It is an interest, and the idea of having that foundation being a similar philosophy. Because I can certainly see someone having a a strong belief in a God that says, you know, women are to be, you know, commanded by the husband. So that kind of person having a commitment to God over their wife is almost, 
you know, punitive or well, if yeah, that they'd have to have the same perspective for right. the relationship to work. Right. As long as perhaps now, perhaps mm-hmm. if they had this similar feeling of similar philosophy, then maybe I could let them love God more than me. <laughs> but I certainly want to love God more than I love them. So you know, I'm still far too screwed up to have a relationship. I had a therapist years ago that told me if I saw I would walk into a room and you talk about that, that, that energy, that ignition that you know, something happens, a match that lights and there'd be fifty people in the room and I would just bingo bango on this one person. That was the most emotionally unwell person in the whole room. I mean, energetically <laughs> I was just sucked to the person that was the most screwed up, bar none. Bar none. Well, it's good to know your talent. <laughs> I mean, it was wild, and I used to actually use that as a pickup line. I'm really attracted to you. That means you're deeply ill. <laughs> Seek help for yourself. Get into therapy. I can't talk to you. <laughs> and I, mean, I went through a couple of years. Uh, this is really like 15, 20 years ago. I went through a couple of years that I would not date anyone I was attracted to. I had to, like, not be attracted to them today. And then today. go to lunch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dinner, right, right. right. And it was interesting that kind of excitement I got around really unstable people. Please tell me that, that that's better now. <laughs> it's, it's better now. I I understand it now. So I <laughs> and I do have that primary relationship with God now, and God is so not not dysfunctional. You know, there is a, there is an interesting part about that too that that the pureness, the just the essence of love of God, I have been so dysfunctional in my life that that just seemed dull and boring. It just really didn't seem like there was anything there for me. Because it was just so, oh. And, and, and I think that's so interesting. I think there is, um, there is a certain, uh, is an emotional charge to sometimes to those of us who can be emotionally Unstable. That 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 negative energy is so much a pull. Yes. Did you find that little quote about God having making love to spirit, making love to the soul? Uh, no, because actually I forgot to keep looking. I need to pull up the poems of Hasid. I thought of the name of the actor. It's Mark Wahlberg. Da da da. Thank you. And I didn't even have to Google that. It just came to my 49-year-old mind. I would never, Mark Wahlberg, ever <laughs> have come up with that name. But that's also because Did I don't know, other than Red Tails, I don't know what other movies are out right now. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually like Mark Wahlberg as an actor. Yeah, I was very impressed with how he spoke about his marriage and his commitment to his wife. And he said the most important thing he did was to be a husband and a father, and that everything, his music and his career and his movies came after that, and that his, he was here in the world to be a father and a, and a husband. He really spoke of it in really endearing, very healthy way. And I do think that there's something to be said about that, too, to have the, what is it, philia, <laughs> filio, philia, ah. philia, philia love, there, there has to be a certain commitment to it. I think it does have to have a certain, um, oh, sense of reverence or sense of, you know, this is important, this is significant. I'm not just doing this part-time. You know, I'm in this both feet. A lot of times couples would come into counseling and you could just tell that, half, you know, half of them were already gone. I'm like, why are you all here? You know, the, you're already out the marriage. Why, you know, your body's here, but your mind and your soul and your spirit are gone. What's even scarier is when you go to somebody's wedding. And, oh, dear. And you know that. <laughs> oh, and why are you all getting married? Or, you know, leading up to, you know mm-hmm. them and leading up to the wedding. You're like, Really? It's a commitment. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is like, you're looking at it from a short-term perspective and, you know, this person is really cute or, you know, attractive to you. Right. What are you going to do when they gain 25 pounds? Yeah. You know, because the majority of people do. I mean, there are people who don't or there are people who are the same size they were, you know, 20 years earlier, but the majority of people Physically are going in to change. The world, yes. Physically are not going to look the same. Or if they're in a car accident right. and they're um, 
and you know, and then they have to use a wheelchair or something. Yes. What do you have as the basis of yes. that relationship that really says and that you're really committed to being with this person? Now that's a question to ask, and I and I actually think I I would ask that in couples counseling. I would say, what is the foundation? Mm-hmm. And I would have them. This is interesting. I forgot about this. I would have them each write down what the foundation of their marriage was on yeah, paper, and it would be things. two totally different things. And I'm like, golly, here's where you start, because if you don't have the same foundation. You've got to have some, something that's shared in that foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You should say, uh, you know, what happens if they're in a wheelchair? Here's a new movie. This is my week for movie references. <laughs> I've never done that before. No bumper stickers, only movie references. It's called The Vow, and it's about a man and wife that get married, and they're deeply in love, and then she has a car wreck and loses her memory and forgets that she knows oh. him yet. And how does he handle that, and how does he stay committed to her? And according to the trailer, I think he does stay committed to her, and she falls in love with him again. That's what I'm thinking. So that makes you kind of, that's a Valentine movie. It is. Yeah. Aww. Aww. We love that. Aww. You know what I was thinking, since I don't have a beloved in my life this year, perhaps I'll take God to dinner on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I really think I'm going to do a little Valentine ritual with God. I, think I that never is had good. thought about that. Yes, because that would be a loving thing to do. Uh-huh. So when we do the show on self-love, in mm-hmm. two weeks you can talk about... My date with God. Exactly. <laughs> on your Valentine's Day... With God, that would be good. It really is an interesting idea. And I think, again, having that be, at the end of the day, the primary thing that sustains us, that feeds us for everything. Saying yes to spirit first and then everything else does fall in line. Yes, it does. No luck on that point, huh? Well, I'm not finding the one that I... It, so it might be Rumi and not Hafiz, but I think it was a Hafiz poem that she read. And what I found instead is one of my favorite Hafiz lines uh, from a poem. So I'm going to read it. Read that, Tracy. That's meant to be. Love wants to reach out and manhandle us, break all of our teacup talk of God. Wow. Teacup. Talk about yeah, God. Like very polite. We talk about God. It's like, no, love wants to reach out and manhandle us. God wants to manhandle us, lock us inside of a tiny room with himself, and practice his drop kit. <laughs> the beloved, I'm not even telling you what my mind's doing. Go ahead. The beloved sometimes wants to do us a great favor. Hold us upside down and shake all the nonsense <laughs> out. I love this poem. Okay, you have to read the whole thing. I really have to hear the whole thing. I'm really uh, to get. We have to, yeah, we have yeah. time. Uh-huh. Love wants to reach out and manhandle us, break all of our teacup talk of God. If you had the courage and could give the beloved his choice, some nights he would just drag you around the room by your hair, ripping <laughs> from your grip all those toys in the world that bring you no joy. Love sometimes gets tired of speaking sweetly and wants to rip to shreds all your erroneous <laughs> notions of truth that make you fight within yourself, dear one, and with others, causing the world to weep on too many fine days. God wants to manhandle us, lock us inside of a tiny room with himself and practice his dropkick. The beloved sometimes wants to do us a great favor. Hold us upside down and shake all the nonsense out. But when we hear he is in such a playful, drunken mood, most everyone I know quickly packs their bags and hightails it out of town. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I have nothing to say. Really, <laughs> I think this is the first Hafiz poem, like years and years ago. I think this is the first poem by Hafiz that I heard, and, you know, and I laughed so much through it. It's like, wow, that's a whole different way to think of God loving me. Yeah. You know, holding me upside down and shaking all the nonsense out. Like, you know better. You know better. Do it. Do the right thing. What would love do? 
It's very visual, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and in fact, I'm pretty. I'm almost positive that was the first Hafiz. And up until that time, people always quoted Rumi. Mm-hmm. And someone read this poem, and I was like an immediate Hafiz fan. <laughs> and a lot of Hafiz's um, poems are have that kind of irreverence and that um, that angle, which is why I'm almost sure that what Petra shared, Reverend Petra shared last week was a Hafiz poem. That's and I've heard it before. Yeah. When uh-huh. she was, when she love, was reading yeah. it, mm-hmm. I, it's like I know that poem, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm almost sure. But I don't see it here. So we're going to be talking about love for two more weeks, so um, I could bring it. Uh, next week, and we'll be talking about relationships. But in connect the, the dots. In the connect the dots. That's <laughs> where I was going to. In the connect the dots, we could uh, make the link using that. And that I'll, I'll find it. I just have been so engaged in the conversation, I forgot to pull up the computer. And I love the idea of having my primary relationship with God. So I'm going to look at that. And I and I wonder for people who are in relationship, if this week of, you know, really focused primary relationship love, focus, Valentine, if each person in the relationship made God a part of that. If not, maybe they're uncomfortable making it the primary part, at least a triangle, where everybody gets a similar point of of commitment this week. That would be an interesting shout-out challenge. Since I have no other triangle, it will just be me and God like a straight line on Valentine's Day, but I'm not bitter or sad or upset about that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I think, I believe, I believe that if you are celebrating Valentine's Day this week with a, a human beloved, beloved, and you are grounded in spirit, and you live your life in a way that says yes to spirit, you know, I don't. I think you could. I think it's perfectly fine to take that person out to dinner oh, or go on a you know trip somewhere or however you want to celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, I think that where the difference is is how it shows how that relationship, how you show up in that relationship beyond February fourteenth. Ah. Because celebrating the holiday or the day, you know, that's all cultural anyway. That doesn't have anything to do. God didn't say, let there be February 14th and you buy candy and gifts. <laughs> so it's, does that person know that you're Valentine's all year long, week in, week out? And I think if you are saying yes to spirit, Yes. And you've made a commitment to this person that you are living in a way that models God's love. 24-7, 352, 65. Eight years. <laughs> anyway, it's the end oh, of the show. That's really I funny. Can't, yeah, yeah. It's the end of the show. I cannot believe that, that that primary thing of loving our beloved God and in human form beloved 365 days a year was really something I wanted to dive into because I think that's the significant idea of not making Valentine's Day or the philia love, you know, focused day. But we're out of time, so we'll have to do that another time. Yeah, so uh, please join us uh, for our next show. Next week we'll be talking about philia love, love with our affiliates, our friends, our family, people who we have relationships with, even our co-workers. I thought that's what we talked about today. What was today? Euros love. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> okay, thanks okay, for playing. Up. And um, <laughs> until then, say, say yes, yes to the spirit. spirit.
don't mean to be so uptight, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.